Life can be hard, and sometimes you just need an internet bestie to help you out. That's where I come in. Welcome to the Dear Imani Podcast, an advice-based show that reminds you to put yourself first and live in your purpose. And don't worry, I'll always give you the real tea. Need advice or have a story? Send me a message on our Instagram at Dear Imani Podcast or DearImani.com. Tune in every Friday for a new episode. See you there. Sincerely, Imani. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Imani. I'm your host, Imani, obviously. We are back. Dear Imani podcast. Took a week off. Okay, let me tell you, this Gemini season, this Gemini season has been beating my ass, okay? Like, so many of you guys are Geminis. It's literally insane. And I've always known I had a lot of Geminis in my life because my mom's a Gemini, Um, And then like growing up, a lot of my friends were Gemini's, but it just keeps on going as I get older, as I make more friends, everyone's a Gemini, which I'm not super into astrology in the sense of like, I know every sign, the characteristics, the good traits, the bad traits. I just know the like stereotypical stuff people say about Gemini's and that y'all are crazy. Um, I know more about my zodiac sign, which is Aquarius, obviously, um, because we're really nice. I actually do want to have someone on the podcast that is like a, I don't know, professional zodiac astrology type of person. So we could talk about relationships and astrology or just life and astrology and what that all looks like. Anyway, I was saying all of that because that is why I missed last week because I was just so busy, honestly, having the best time. Um, My friends having a birthday party that we did one night which was super lit and fun it was also it was also Alex's birthday June 1st so we were celebrating him so there were just a lot of birthdays and like the week before that it was one of my other friends birthdays so we celebrated that so just a lot of celebration and no time for podcasting which is why it is nice to batch our episodes which I don't do And the reason why I don't batch out episodes is because mine is an advice-based podcast, so weekly I'm asking for submissions. Um, I think something that could help with that is if I asked for submissions for, like, two different topics, and then I could cover more episodes, like, a week than one, so that I can technically be ahead. But, you know, for now, we just record it weekly. Um, So there's some weeks where that happens, so hopefully, obviously, it's more... More often I have an episode than not, of course, like this is episode 40 something. So clearly I'm doing the thing. Um, So sorry if you missed my voice last week. I also have a vlog up this Sunday too, which would be, you know, if you don't, if you miss my face, you can see me on YouTube. Next week I have an amazing guest and we are going to be talking all about Pride. Happy Pride Month. I really wanted to do that episode last week in the beginning of Pride, but the whole month is June You don't have to just celebrate, you know, just June or the first of June. It's the whole month is Pride. So we are going to get that episode out because I lie, baby. Let's see. Do I have any updates for y'all? Um, I feel like not so much. This week I've been kind of blah in the sense of like, I don't have the, the, the urge to like be super productive and I don't know. I'm just, I'm this week. I'm just kind of like, eh. Just going through life, taking day, taking it day by day. You know, like I would go to work, come home. I didn't have that 
uh, gusto in me. And I kind of feel like I don't want to blame it on the weather because it's like, girl, you still got to get your shit together no matter if it's raining or sunshine. But the weather is putting a damper on my mood, I will say, just because it makes you feel less productive. And everything that I do in my life is something that I have to like, it's all from me. So if I don't do it, it's obviously not going to get done. Um, cause I'm grind, I'm in my grinding it out era. So I do have to like stop making that excuse of, oh, it's gloomy, you know, and get back in it. Like, I don't even know if I, I went to the gym like once this week, which is a no, no. So I'm going to go today for sure. Um, I have so much laundry to do and I'm just looking at it. And, like, I could have been filmed or recorded this podcast, and I'm, like, doing it last minute. So, I'm just kind of, like, in a, uh, but I am starting to feel a little bit better. You know, I also feel like I had a head cold, and I still do. So, if you hear me cough, that is why. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm getting back on track, though. Here we are. I'm recording. We are here. I'm getting productive. And we're going to grind it out because we have six more months of the year. And, like, we talked about a couple episodes ago, it's really time to kick it up a notch. I'm actually going to go take a digital today, which modeling digitals are the pictures that you have to send into modeling agencies to hopefully get accepted. Um, and I need to take new digitals because I look a lot different than my last digitals, which was like 30 something pounds ago, probably. So I'm going to take new digitals. And also in that, I had my hair like in braids and I don't wear braids like that. So I need to have my hair down in the style that I usually wear, which is how the client would see me, which is how the client would see me anyway. So I need to take new digitals and then send them out to agencies because like I mentioned to you guys, I really want an LA agent so I can work more um, because that's where the money reside. Okay. Oh my gosh. We also saw the Spider-Verse movie. So good. Like 10 out of 10 recommend. The first Spider-Verse is really good too, but this one... This one was so good, like, probably, like, my top five movies ever, and I say that because I feel like a lot of movies don't tell story, like, this movie told a story front to back, left you with, it left you on a cliffhanger because, you know, there's movies to come, so even though I was upset, I, 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 I respect it. It left you with no questions, like, they were so thorough with the storytelling, and it was just so, I was, like, on the edge of my seat the whole time, like, it is so visually appealing because of the way the cartoon, like, drawing looks. Anyway, it was so good. And make sure you go see that. Obviously, go see Little Mermaid. Honestly, that's it. I don't really have much to update you guys on. But when I do, of course I will. So today's episode is going to be about relationships and what you look for in a relationship, what you look for in a partner, and that list. Something that people talk about kind of often is, like, who ha- oh, you know Sierra, the singer? So she started, she was dated, she was dating Future, and then she now is married to Russell Wilson, who is a football player. And Future is like, Future and Russell are two different types of men. Like, Future is wild, turn up, has lots of kids, and Russell Wilson is like husband, lovey-dovey, affectionate, like perfect husband-man type of thing. And a lot of people wonder, like, how did she go from future to Russell Wilson? And she talks about how she prayed for that type of man and what her... And then so everyone's like, what, girl, what did your prayer consist of? What did, What's the prayer? People want to know what her prayer... People want to know what her prayer consisted of so they can, like, say the same prayer, basically. So that's kind of been, like, a running joke, but also, like, dead ass. People want to know 
how do you get this man or woman of your dreams type of thing. And so a lot of people write lists down of things that they expect out of a partner, their non-negotiables, whether it's like, not I don't like to use the word shallow because people have the right and should be attracted to their partner. So whether it's a looks thing or a personality thing, everyone has a list of standards that they want from their future relationship or partner. And a lot of times people steer away from it because of love or they get blinded by blinded by love or they accept red flags and you know all those kind of things is why people end up in bad relationships or relationships that don't last because they steered away from what they know is their truth of what they want from a partner and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I've been watching the ultimatum the second season which is queer love one it is so so good if you haven't watched the ultimatum watch the first season it's so messy the the premise of the show is messy in general I don't know if we talked about this particular show on the podcast. Maybe Love is Blind. So basically in the show, there's like five couples. And one person of the couple wants to get married, get engaged, move forward in their relationship. And the other person is not ready. So basically the person that wants to get married is issuing the ultimatum to their partner. And there's the ultimators. Ultimators. There's the people that gave the ultimatum. And then there's the people that just aren't ready. So they come into the house or they come into the, the, I will call it an experience. They come into the experience when they're living with their partner for a week. That's their trial marriage to see like, okay, this is what life would be like if we were married. At the end of that week, every couple has to quote unquote break up. So then you break up. And then also during that week, um, so then you break up. And then once you break up, you go back in the wild with the other couples that are a part of this show. And everyone gets to mingling. And the goal, the premise is to find another partner that you're not going to live with for the next three weeks. So they all get signed up or make connections with different people. And then they start living with their new trial marriage or trial wife or trial husband in this apartment for the next three weeks. So at the end of this, at the end of the show, what happens is either you're going to stay with your new partner that you've been with only for three weeks, or you're going to go back to your original partner that you've been together with probably for years and propose. And usually how the show's supposed to work, if you don't propose to your original partner, that partner's going to leave you because that was the whole point. It's like, if you're not ready by the end, then we're walking out or I'm walking out because I need to be married today. Um, Or you can walk out with your new found love. So that's, you can only imagine how messy this show gets because while they're dating each other's partners, they're also like hanging out in group settings. So when someone sees you and you're like, oh, how's blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I'm dating them. So, you know, it's just so, it's such an interesting dynamic and it could actually be very messy. Um, (laughs) um, So that is why I kind of wanted to talk about relationships because that show is all about relationships, but a huge part of it is like non-negotiables and like having those conversations and making sure you're with someone that's on the same life plan and same track as you. Because when you try to steer away from that, usually what happens is it catches up with you in the end anyway. And then you find yourself on shows like The Ultimatum trying to figure it out. Okay, now on to Adiri Mani. So as you guys know, Alex is my first boyfriend, which we've talked about multiple times. So when I thought about like what I was looking for in a man... I didn't have all this like trial and error like most people do. 
So I got really lucky my first time, hit it out the ballpark, you know what I mean? Um, but growing up, I was able to witness loving, healthy relationship with my parents. So I think people have different viewpoints, whether you grew up in a two-parent household, um, a one-parent household, you grew up with um, watching toxicity or you watched healthy love, like whatever your image was growing up is usually how people look at love and relationships today. Not always, but you know, our childhood plays a huge part in what we do as adults. So for me, I was really lucky to see a loving and good relationship and parents that were always there for me, um, that were there for each other. So I feel like I knew I wanted to have a good, mature, loving relationship, something that was sustainable and that was meant to last. So when I would see, I remember my mom would tell me, like when I would see my friends dating in middle school and high school, I used to come home and be like, I just feel like it's so silly to date this young because we don't even know what we're doing and everything is so childish. And she would always laugh because I would talk to her in such a mature way. Like I was never boy crazy. I thought kid relationships were so dumb. Cause I'm like, what are you doing? Like your parents are dropping you off. Like I just thought it was all stupid. And I always looked at dating like dating was supposed to kind of mean something, I guess. And that's not the case for everyone. Like you don't, you can literally just be dating for fun, period, like go off. But I just thought that was silly when we were all young. I'm like, what are we even doing? Like, let's just graduate high school and then we can talk about dating. Um, <laughs> my mom would always laugh at me about that. But that is kind of my background with dating in general. Um, so when I knew what I knew what I wanted from a partner, someone that was, of course, nice and kind, like to me, those are like obvious ones because everyone should be nice and kind, even though I know that's not the case. But I need someone nice and kind and gentle because that's the way I am. I'm just a lovey, cutesy, cutie girl. Like I don't need some roughneck, you know, I need kind, gentle love. So someone that's very nice, that's compassionate that's compassionate about others, empathetic towards others, someone that is fun, knows how to have a good time, someone that is supportive, especially for me because I do so many things that I need support in the sense of, in the sense of I always have a bunch of different types of dreams and aspirations in life, so I would need a partner that is supportive in all of that. Obviously, someone that is cute and fine, okay, like you got to be attracted to the person. And just things like that. Honestly, I feel like I didn't really have this list because I just was never interested in dating. So when Alex came about, or when I first when I saw Alex, I was like, yes, this is my husband. You guys know the story. Um, so I was like, yes. And then as we, you know, started talking and getting to know each other, you know, I guess he, I just knew that he was great. So the, here we are, you know, like years and years later. Um, so I didn't really have this long list of things. I just knew they needed to be nice, kind, cute, supportive, and period. Like, that's really it. Um, and I think that people that have dated a lot or went through a lot of trial and error, their list is longer because your wall gets becomes like, your wall gets up, gets up. Your wall comes up because you've been through a lot of different situations. You know what you don't and do like. You know, I don't really know what I don't like so much because I didn't have to experience another person. Like, I probably could say what I, things I don't like about Alex, but, you know, there's, that, that's the only thing I have. That's the only thing I have. If he was in here, he would be like, not much, okay? Um, but other people have a lot of things on their list that they just do not want necessarily. Sometimes I do wonder 
what that would be like for me if I did date before. Because um, I know Alex talks about, like, how he felt like, oh, like, she's never had a boyfriend before. Like, I'm gonna, you know, she's gonna be figuring things out while we're also together, which is true because I had to figure out what it, you know, what it means to be in a relationship, have a partner and all those things, things that people might figure out when they're younger or figure out with other um, other significant others before they get to their main piece, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm figuring that all out now, or I'm figuring that all out while with Alex, you know? But a part of me does wonder, like, hmm, what would that have been like if I had all these other partners before and really knew what I wanted from, like, A to Z when it comes to stuff like that? So I had asked you guys a couple different questions because I wanted to see what were your thoughts and, like, what do you look for in a partner? What are your non-negotiables and things like that? Another thing that made me think about this was because I was watching the Kardashians and Kim, who has been through a lot of trial and error, (laughs) as we know, um, was talking about what does she look for in a man? And she had this entire list and she said, number one, someone that's going to protect me, two, fight for me, three, good hygiene. So she had like this whole entire list of things that she said, good teeth, of things that she wanted. And I feel like it's very specific for her because, like I meant, like I said already, she's had all these partners. So she's like, okay, I accepted that from that man. I do not want to accept that from the next one, you know. So she had to put good hygiene in there for a reason. And I'm curious to know who she's talking about because, like, why did you have to put that on there? So those are the things that, like, you start to accumulate over time as you date different people. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode because I feel like it is really important to kind of have that list, especially when you're in the point of your life where you are looking for a partner, a lifelong partner. Get that get that piece of paper out and write what you want in that man or in that woman, in like everything. And the thing is, you don't have to be, you can, I would say, it's like online shopping, which that sounds horrible. But when you're online shopping and you add so many things to your cart, right? But then you, like, take them off on the stuff that you don't really need. So if I'm ordering, I'm like, my my cart's, like, $500. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to spend $500, so let me eliminate some of the things off of this cart. That is what shopping for a man is like. <laughs> um, and Because in the sense of you can write this long list of things that's very detailed. But then as you're dating, you'll realize that, okay, those are, like, things that I can be softer on and not, like, yeah, kind of be like, oh, okay, on, I can, I can let that go. And these are things that I absolutely cannot and will never let go. Like, this has to be in my partner. So write that long, specific list. Because one of the things that could be, quote-unquote, like, specific could be, oh, they have to be 6'3", you know? Um, and then you could start dating someone, and they're not 6'3", and they are maybe shorter than you, or they're just a little bit taller than you. And you're like, you know what, I really like this person you can kind of cross that off the list in a sense, you know? But another example could be like, say you are a Christian and you want someone that is also a Christian and goes to church. That could be a non-negotiable because if you meet someone and they they don't believe in God or they don't go to church um, and then you try to date them and be like, oh, you know, whatever, I'll just like, we'll just see how it goes. That is going to affect your relationship because... Now, I'm not trying to say it doesn't work, but I just feel like that would affect your relationship tremendously because when you start getting and having those real conversations, you're going to find that you differ way too much because one is religious and one is not. And then if you take it even a step further, when it comes to your wedding, 
you're going to want your wedding, you know, a certain way, like under God. And they're going to be like, no, they want their friend to do the wedding, you know, or take it another step for, for, for kids. You're going to want to raise your kids in the church. And they're going to be like, no. So those are like, that's probably going to be a non-negotiable. Um, another example is actually kind of from my friend. So if she's listening, she'll know who she is, but my friend, um, is a vegan and she's like a real vegan. And I say that in the sense of it's not just about like the food, it's about like animal cruelty and she uses vegan products and she goes out and she fights for animal rights and goes to protest and does all of those things. Um, and she talks about how, you know, at the end of the day, she would like to be with someone that is a vegan and that probably is going to have to be a must. And we've talked about her past relationships where like, um, one of the guys she was dating wasn't a vegan and it ended up not working out. And a part of the issue was because of food. Food is a huge part of every day, obviously. Duh, I hope it is. Like, I hope we're all eating. Um, food is a huge part of our social dynamic and who we are as people, especially if it's like your cultural food and and whatnot. So food is just a huge part of our, our, our identity and it's just good. So if someone is not on the same page of a, something as simple as eating, you might think that simple. It's like, okay, well, you can just order your vegan food and I'll order my meat. It's bigger than that because how could you be with a partner that doesn't necessarily have the same values as you? It's one thing to just be a vegan because your diet and like maybe you have, I don't know, there's like you can't eat meat or you're allergic to dairy or something. And there's another thing to like the reason why you are not eating meat is because you just don't believe in the idea of it. You're not going to be able to date someone that loves to eat meat. Like, I just don't think that works. So that to me would be or sound like a non-negotiable. So there's a lot of different things like that where I think it is important to have these deep conversations in the beginning, especially when you're really looking for a life partner. If you're in your like single girl era and you're just trying to hook up, um, you don't need to necessarily have those conversations so quickly. But if you are trying to look for somebody, those are like adult conversations that you can have at your dinner table, at your date, you know, because like I'm trying to figure you out. What, where are we going to clash? Like what's tea? So the first question that I asked you guys are, what are your must-haves when looking for a partner? You know, like I said, mine were kind of simple just because I just wanted someone to be a good person. And that's all I was going to be looking for. I wasn't even looking for anybody. Alex like fell into my lap, okay? Um, So I don't really have like the must-haves. I mean, now being in a relationship, I could tell you my my must-haves are Alex. (laughs) Okay, so the first one I have on here is taller than me, nice smile, sense of humor. Okay, so my, mind you, these are the non-negotiables that I'm reading off. The non-negotiables. So we have taller than me. Okay, yes. I feel like the... So this is the part, the attractive part. People want to act so nice in the sense of like, they want to act like being attracted to the person is not a huge part of the relationship. Which is why sometimes I have an issue with love is blind or married at first sight. Because as soon as someone opens their mouth and talks about how they're not attracted to the person, America throws a fit. As if that's so shallow, that's so rude, oh my god. Acting. You guys are, everyone's acting. You know damn well you need to be attracted to the person that you're with. And that is why the saying beauty is in the eye of the beholder is a saying. Because just because you're not attracted to the person doesn't mean no one else will. 
It doesn't mean that person is unattractive. They're just not attractive to you. So it's not something to like take to heart, but it's okay to not be attracted to somebody and to have a standard of what you want your partner to look like, no matter what that is. Like we can go detail. It could be teeth. You could want someone with straight teeth. You could want someone with a certain body type. You could want someone with a certain hair color. Like you literally have the right to want that. And the reality is people have preferences with race, which that's something that I don't agree with because I feel like that can fall into racism (laughs) a little bit. Because in my head, like I would date if you if I have this list and it's like it's attractiveness and kind and blah 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 all these things, race is not a factor in that because anybody of any race could be those things. Like you can't give me a single attribute of somebody and then say that that whole entire race just doesn't have that. That's stereotyping somebody and a group of people because you are trash, <laughs> basically. Um, but at the end of the day, people do have a type and you can tell their type through their history of dating. Um, so I am going to say, start by saying that is fine to have a type and a preference and it doesn't make you shallow. It just makes you real, honestly, because at the end of the day, here's what happens. If you steer away from who you are attracted to, you would be more inclined to turn the other way when like someone that's actually your type walks by. That's just the facts. It's literally just the facts. And of course, you can fall in love with personality and then you fall in love so hard that no one could ever turn your eye. But me, I want somebody that I'm attracted to. And I'm just keeping 100 with that. So going back to this, someone that's taller than me, (laughs) I feel like that's a lot of women's non-negotiable. And what's funny is that I've talked about this before because, you know, some and other... In other episodes, when people submit things, one of the ones was like their boyfriend was shorter than them. And they were just worried about that because especially like in a girl and guy relationship, women usually want the man taller than them. And I talked about how me and uh, me and Alec, I'm a tall girl and Alex is like two inches taller than me or I'm like three. I don't know, like two, like not that much. So when I wear heels, I'm taller than him. But I was like, whatever, like I feel like a bad bitch. I feel like we're a rich couple. I'm arm candy. That's how I've interpreted it. But you know, for everyone, that's not the case. Like they're like, okay, when I put on heels, I still want you to be significantly taller than me. That could be a non-negotiable for someone. But if that truly is your non-negotiable, then stick to it. Because as soon as a tall piece of man comes in your direction, you're going to be looking at your small man, like your short king, like, okay, I don't know about you, you know? Okay, we have a nice smile. I feel like teeth is a big one for people um, because, I mean, your smile's literally on your face. And the, to me, that's a big one because I have really nice teeth. Shout out to the to the sponsor, you know, the, the veneers. But even before that, I had four years of braces. So my family, they put the work in my mouth. Um, Alex is super lucky with his perfect teeth. He never had braces. But like a nice smile to me is really important too sense of humor. Of course, we need somebody funny. I'm like the clown. I feel like I'm the funny one in our relationship. Next one, we have ambition. Yes, you need someone that is going after some dreams, not just someone that doesn't have any idea or they don't even know what they like in life. Masculinity. Okay, period. So yes, I think a lot of people look for masculinity in a relationship. Because that's kind of the way, even, that's not, that doesn't even go for 
straight couples. I think it goes for kind of all couples. And mascu- I think when I hear masculinity, I also hear like yin and yang. And me and my friends have talked about this before, is that every relationship is kind of rooted in this yin and yang type of type of sense. So even in the same conversation of like us trying not to have these labels of like femininity and masculinity, that does just exist. Um, there's always going to be a yin and there's always going to be a yang. Not always, but for the most part, people are looking for that type of opposition um, in a lot of different relationships because everybody brings, ultimately it's about bringing something different to the table. Like if I'm bringing the femininity, then you're bringing the masculinity. If I'm bringing the extrovert, then you're bringing the introvert. So you see, it's a lot of like yin and yang. So yes, when it comes to like having masculinity, I, that's something that I want and looked for. Why well, I can't say looked for because I wasn't looking for anything. But that's something that I know that I like in my relationship is masculinity. And not toxic masculinity. There is a huge difference. I think when we're having these conversations about that, um, at least for me, I'm talking about good masculinity, healthy masculinity, not the toxic shit where like you're just annoying, like super annoying. You know, like I hate that. I feel like, like get a grip. It's never that deep. Like we get it. You're a man, you know, but like good and masculinity where you can kind of lead, like you know how to lead, you know how to like kind of take control. You know that you are the man of the house, I guess you could say. I think that's something that's common for women to want in a man. Um, because I'm someone that I look at myself as a leader as well. Um, I'm not a submissive person. Um, I definitely would say that. (laughs) Um, But I still want someone that knows how to lead. Okay, so we have ambition, masculinity, and being protective. Compassion and consideration. Consideration is a huge one. Um, Good hygiene. Good hygiene. Okay, good hygiene. Okay, y'all need to take showers. Because the fact that this is on people's list, that means that they dated someone that did not have good hygiene. So you need to take a shower. You need to wear deodorant. You need to actually wipe your ass. Oh my God, I saw this TikTok and this girl was talking about how her she was taking a shower with this guy that she was dating and she started wiping her ass and he was like, what are you doing? And like laughing at her for wiping her ass. And she's like, do you not wipe your butt? He's like, no. Like, that's weird. Why do you not wipe your ass? Like, are you just standing in the shower and you're like hoping the water because you're like the water and the soap is grazing down coming through your booty hole so that you don't wipe it? Everyone, if, if if you don't wipe your ass currently, please start. So I use a wash rag. Um, <laughs> I use a wash rag and then I also use a loofah. So use both or use something shit. Like you have to wipe yourself. Use deodorant, brush your teeth, brush your tongue, floss. I should floss more too. Um, floss, use lotion, use a perfume, use a cologne, something, you know, like have a good hygiene. Appreciation of family and traditional values. Okay, these are definitely non-negotiables because, you know, depending on what you want in a family, what you want that family dynamic to look like, you're going to have to talk about that. And traditional values as well. You're going to have to have those, I don't think they're hard, but have those hard conversations about marriage and whatnot. Like that's one of the biggest things I learned from the ultimatum is like, you need to talk about what your timeline kind of looks like. Um, one of the examples on the show is one of the girls wanted to get married. The other girl did not. And her reasoning for not wanting to be married was because she felt like she had to have everything in order. She felt like she had to have 
money. She had to have the perfect career. She had to have all these things. And then her girlfriend was like, no, you don't have to be 100%, I don't know, 100% ready through life. That's something that we're supposed to do together is build together, grow together, go through life together and all those challenges. But a lot of people do think that you have to be at the perfect situation, the perfect point to get married. And I feel like that happens a lot, if I'm being honest, in black households, with black households, which is why there's sometimes a lack of commitment when it comes to black relationships. Because I think that people feel like they have to be, or black people feel like they have to be um, at this certain point in our life. And I don't know where that really comes from and like where that stems from. But it clearly comes from somewhere. It's somewhere in our past as our culture and our ancestors and whatnot. I don't really want to dive into, but it is a thing. Um, but the traditional values, you know, the having, you know, having those conversations of like, when do you want to get married? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have children? Like, what does that look like for you? Okay, we have humor. We got to laugh together through all phases of life, baby. Yes, 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 yes. That's, I feel like that's my role in my relationship is I'm the humor. I'm the one laughing and cackling through everything. And Alex laughs and cackles through it, but he's more like, okay, this is actually, this is actually serious or I'm actually stressed. (laughs) And I'm like, no need to be stressed. Just be blessed. We have attractive, funny, moral compass. Oh, period passions, smile, traveler. They have to be ambitious, kind to their family, especially their mother. Yes, a lot of people talk about you can definitely, especially like for a man, you could definitely tell, you could definitely tell a man of like how he's going to be versus like through how he treats his mother or his sister or the woman in his life. Alex still, Alex still will call his mom mommy. So that probably tells you that he's a nice man. <laughs> okay. The next question I asked you guys was, Are you currently dating your type? If no, how are they different? So once again, going back to me, I didn't necessarily have this type because I wasn't dating, but I will say it was somebody that was just cute. Cute. The person that I did have a crush on in high school, I guess, I mean, they were light skin and mixed, but that's not like my type. I would date anybody. Like I would date any race. Like as long as you're fine. I I I just need somebody that is fine to me. Like... If you are fine, then we are compatible. (laughs) I know Alex is fine because everyone says it. Like, it's not just me. Like, you know, everywhere we, literally everywhere we go, a beautiful couple. Oh my God, you guys are so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, because I picked well. And we all know I'm a bad bitch, so that's like obvious. But um, yeah, so I would say I'm definitely dating my type. Um, okay, so the first one we have from your submissions is, never thought I'd end up with a chocolate man, but here we are. (laughs) Welcome to the dark side, baby. Team, um, you know what, you guys, I mean, you guys know me, I'm team chocolate over here, look at me, I'm like a walking Hershey's kiss, walking Hershey's bar, so I'm always gonna be down for the chocolate and the melanin. We have yes, ma'am, yes, 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 everyone, oh, okay, everyone's yes, Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Y'all are really dating your types. Good for you. Because like I mentioned before, that, that could hurt a relationship when you don't date your type. That prime example is married at first sight. That show basically, or love is blind too. You know, like you don't know what your partner's going to look like. They just walk down the aisle and they meet up with their new wife or husband. And at first they try to make it work or they don't try to make it work. Cause you, when you're not attracted to someone, it's not going to work. 
Like literally when you first meet somebody, whether it's in person, if you're at a bar, you go up to the person because you're attracted to the person or the person comes up to you and you even give them the benefit of the doubt because you're attracted to the person. If you're on an app, it's literally all based off attraction. You swipe left, you swipe right. That is based off of looks. So yes, we're all a little, we're all very shallow if you want to call it that. We're all looking for somebody that is fine to us, you know? So I'm glad that all of you are dating your type. Okay, we have once I realized what I deserved, my type changed for the better. Rest in peace, old me, period. And that's the benefit of, you know, dating different people because you're like, okay, I know I do not like this. And when I go into my next partner, I'm going to find this. Okay, last one. Yes, he was for he was my type for everything I wanted in a man for myself. And we are married now. Yay! Congratulations, girl. See, that's what happens when you date your type. You get a ring, period. Okay, my last question was, what would make you end a relationship? Me, it would be cheating. <laughs> well, obviously, there's more to that. Like, you would have to, like, being a bad person, not being consistent, being inconsiderate, being mean, being, a, like, obviously, the first one of someone put their hands on me first of all I'll be in a jail if someone put their hands on me I would be in an episode of snapped I would literally black out like I never even got spanked in my entire life like my parents don't believe in spanking so you think I'm a less uh, a man put his hands on me like I would literally black out I would be in jail oh my god in like immediately in jail so that's the first one obviously but also like cheating goodbye I cheating is so disrespectful because I'm like I'm Imani Blackman you wouldn't, you, how dare you cheat on me? Like what? I would be so gone. So that's my, um, <laughs> that's what would make a relationship in for me. So for y'all, we have loss of trust. Exactly. Yes. I mean, when you cheat, you literally lose someone's trust. I don't even know how people really bounce back from that. I see that when I, I can understand it more when you have, when you have kids involved because there's a lot of different like family dynamic situations going on with that. Um, but when there's not kids involved, I'm like, okay. I mean, I could, I, I guess you don't know until you're in that situation, especially when you've been together with someone for so long, like you've been together for like a decade, two decades and someone steps out and you know, it happens once and you kind of want to reconcile and make it work. I'm not like pointing fingers of like, oh, girl, you do not know your worth. You're horrible. Like there's different situations, but like when you cheat, you lose trust completely because if someone were to cheat on me and I took them back, as soon as they go out, I'm like, where are you going? Like you're going to instantly be suspicious of their behavior all the time. And then I feel like that's not a fun relationship to always feel like you're having to check on your partner and like, what are they doing? Look at their phone. Like that can't be fun. And if you're currently going through that, ask yourself, are you having a good time? Do you like checking their phone? Do you like being suspicious of them? Probably not. You're probably having an awful time. So it's not worth it. It's not worth doing all of that. We have disloyalty, not supportive. Yes, not supportive. Like that's another, I've had that multiple times, unsupportive. Because that, that's just a huge one. Like, that's a big non-negotiable for me as well. Um, aggressive actions. Yes, gentle love only. Gentle girl, soft girl era, not aggressive actions. Lack of trust, stinging along, cheating, cheating. Yeah, lots of cheating. That's mine too. Absolutely not. 
So those were the submissions that I'm going to read off. A lot of them were duplicates, so that's why I kind of just talk through them. But before we go, I did want to read, I, if you are listening, I was anonymous, so I'm not sure who it is, but I had someone submit through dearymoney.com, which one was so cool to see because I don't, a lot of my, most, like every submission I have kind of comes from Instagram and messages or, or comments, never really from my website. So I think sometimes y'all forget I have dearymoney.com, which is my website where you can go and tell your story, um, submit um, a question or anything, or like if you want to be a guest, submit for that. But I really love getting submissions through that because it just makes it more fun. Like it's like, oh, my website. Um, but I did get a submission from that. And and my bad for not reading it sooner. Um, I should have checked this a lot sooner. Um, but I wasn't getting them for a while. Like just I was just getting submissions through Instagram. So I kind of stopped looking at that. But this one was written a couple weeks ago and I was so happy to get it. Um, so I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that for my Dear Imani segment. So we have, Dear Imani, first off, I wanted to say how much your podcast has had an impact on me. My mentality about a lot of things have have been transformed due to the advice and anecdotes you give on your show. It might sound corny to say, but I genuinely think I have become a better person by listening to your podcast and just wanted to tell you to keep up the amazing work. First of all, when I first read that, I was like, tears in my eyes like literal tears because one thank you so much for listening to this podcast and I'm so happy that um you feel like this podcast has helped you become a better person and enhanced your life in any way and that's literally what it's all about for me which is why I started the podcast I want all of you to be the best versions of yourself um and just you know we only live once so I'm so thankful to you and it makes my heart so warm that you feel this way about this show and things like that is what makes me want to keep going and like keep having an episode out every week. Messages like this are so, so sweet and helpful to me and my confidence too of this show. So thank you so much for listening and that, that message just made my eyes cheer up. So thank you. Um, it says now on to it, now on to the advice question. I have been going through a lot in the last year and as so and as such have not given as much time and efforts to my friendships as I would like. Now that I am in a better place, I am trying to be more intentional and make time and space to see my friends. I have recently reached out to two different friends and have found myself ghosted by them. I've tried reaching out a second time and still nothing. I absolutely understand everyone is busy, but I am starting to worry that I may have done something and it's starting to weigh on me. I'm not, I'm not really sure what to do and also scared that this will continue to happen. Help. Sincerely, feeling friendless. Oh, no, not feeling friendless. That's so sad. Okay, so thank you for your question. So for starters, you know, we talk about this a lot about being intentional. I feel like that is a, the word of Dear Imani is intentional. Um, one, I'm going to say I'm glad that you recognize that you were in a busy space, so you weren't able to be that intentive friend like you may have wanted. Um, and now that you're now you're trying to do that, so that's great that you was able to see that because a lot of people don't even notice when they're kind of taking a step back from their friends and not being intentional. Um, so I think let's kind of just start there. You know, the hard part about relationships because this goes into relationships too is. When you're ready doesn't mean when uh, doesn't mean that someone else is ready. 
So what I mean by that is like you took a step back from your friends because of things that you had going on in your personal life. Um, so then maybe on their end, they're like, oh, okay, like I haven't talked to them in a long time. Like I wonder what they're up to. You know, like I'm, they're trying to reach out to you, but you're not that responsive. So they've kind of already went through the phase that you're currently going through. So now that you are like at a better place in your life and you have more time, maybe you're, you know, trying to reach out and be intentional, but they may have already been, you know, kind of, kind of moved on past that because they already spent their time trying to be intentional. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of a hard pill to swallow because you feel like, well, you're ready now. But like I said, just because you're ready doesn't mean that the other person is now ready to accept you because they maybe they were already willing to do that, but then you took a step back. So it, t- it takes some self-reflection, honestly, um, which is the hard part for most people is to be like, oh man, I was the one that was in the wrong. Um, so really from here from here, all you can do is try to figure it out, right? Communication is key. So in the future, one, communicate with your friends that you are having a hard time or you need to take a step back or you're not going to be able to be there or you don't have the friendship capacity at this moment. Most friends, if they're your friends, they will understand that. You know what I mean? I think the biggest issue with stuff like this is the communication. People just step back because they need to do what's best for them. But when you're when you have friends and or you're in a relationship, you have to communicate that with them so they can understand. Maybe they can help you, or even if they can't help you, at least they can know why you're not going to be there in the same way you've been there before. So let them know. Moving forward, since you've hit them up twice, I would say I would hit them up again and now say what you're feeling, kind of what you wrote to me. I would say like if my for my third attempt, I would say hey. I would say, hey, I know I reached out a couple times. I just wanted to see if everything was okay. I know this past year I wasn't, I didn't talk to you guys as much. I wasn't as attentive as a friend, and I'm really sorry for that. But I love you guys, and I really want to be in each other's lives, and I miss you. So I would love to, like, catch up and chat or even just do a FaceTime or phone call. I think we're at the point now, since you've hit them up twice, probably with the standard, like, hey, what's up? You know, to go back in and be like, okay, let's actually talk because I don't want it to be an issue. Also, the longer you go prolonging what could possibly be the issue, the more you're going to just make up scenarios in your head, which is the worst thing you could do is make make assumptions. Um, It could be nothing. It could be they're just busy and not, you know, they're forgetting to text back. Like, I don't text back all the time either. Um, So it could be nothing or it could be something, but you're not going to find out until you ask or you communicate about that. But the longer you go, the more awkward the relationship is going to be because then you're going to get to a point that's like not turnaroundable, you know, like you're going to get to the point where you're like, oh, it's been so long since we talked and now I feel awkward. So don't get to that point. This third attempt, just say what's on your heart like you did with me and then see what happens with that. I hope this works out. I hope that advice helped you. Thank you again so much for your kind words to me about this podcast. Thank you for your submission. And to those listening, go to dearimani.com and you can submit at any point. It could be, it doesn't have to be about whatever topic that was because I'll just read it the next week anyway um, as a part of the segment. Um, so go into Dear Imani, type in your story, tell me what you need advice on, and I got you. So I'm going to end the episode there. Oh, well, I guess I'll end up with Imani's final thoughts. For Imani's final thoughts, your non-negotiables are non-negotiables. Because at the end of the day, if you steer away from those must-haves in a relationship, you're going to bite yourself in the ass at the end. 
because those those non-negotiables that you try to like check check away are going to creep back into the relationship and make the relationship something that you do not want. So if you want to truly be your happiest, be in the best relationship possible, stick to your values, your core values, and stick to the things that you want out of a partner all the time. And don't loose that up. Don't loosen that up, okay? So that is today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm super excited for next week celebrating Pride. And I will see all of y'all next Friday. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. You can watch the full episode on YouTube and make sure to send in your stories and questions at dearymoney.com. Reminder, I am not responsible for the outcome of any advice you take from me. Unless it's good, then I get all the credit. See you next week. Mwah!